bruised and battered I couldn't tell what I felt I was unrecognizable Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the 610 podcast. I'm your host Jay Hollihan and I'm back here on this Tuesday evening discussing the post-mortem of Game 7 in the NLCS. Uh, the Phillies lost 4-2 tonight to the Diamondbacks, ending their season. And this was a season, you know, and it really was even before this season. You know, for about 365 days, there was anticipation. There was excitement. Um to get back to the World Series and finish the job. And the Phillies fall five wins short of that. Um, And, you know, take it however you want. React if you're going to blame the offense, if you're going to blame the bullpen pitching and Craig Kimbrell. Um. And I've, you know, dealt with that question in my head ever since I think the seventh inning because when they left two on with one out, that did it for me. That kind of ended all hopes of them, you know, coming back. But what I've decided is you can blame however way you want again, but none of this would have happened without... Craig Kimbrell blowing game four. That was ultimately the biggest letdown you will ever, uh, not you will ever, but you will have experienced, um, I think, in this postseason. I'll put it that way, or at least in the last two. I mean, to have a 5-2 lead, to go up 3-1, you know, the offense, you know, I know I know people said, oh, well, the offense went so cold after game two, but I mean, you get five runs, and you give a guy that had 400 career saves a chance there in the eighth, and he blows it like that. That's what does it for me. Um... And I think ultimately that's what is going to stick with me throughout this. But that then led to, I think, the players being dumbfounded. I don't think they were expecting that at all. I think that was just one of a ton of just absolute gut punches. Because how much more could you ask for them to do, ultimately? And I know people are like, well, you know, they didn't show up. It's like, but... That that's baseball. I mean, that happens. You're gonna go on cold streaks when you get a lead in the po- especially the postseason. You have to save it. Like you know, screwing around time is over. I mean, that stuff. You know, we talk about it throughout the season that can kill you going to the postseason. Doing that now is terrible. It's it's what kills you. It's what kills teams all the time. It's what killed the Phillies in 2011 when Cliff Lee couldn't protect a three-run lead in Game Two. Um, and it's, it's what, it's what kills teams. I'm just going to keep saying it, but yes, the at-bats sucked. And the fact that the Diamondbacks figured out how to cool Harper and Schwarber down by just not choosing to pitch to them stinks. 
you know, ultimately stinks. That that's what you're left with. And I'm sorry, because I don't mean to like, you know, say that anyone's opinions are are completely wrong or anything like that. But yes, losing that game four in the way that you did is what killed you. And game three, you know, or, you know, taking a 2-0 series lead at home, I think that was what uh, people were ecstatic. I think the team was ecstatic. You know, I heard Kyle Schwerber and JT Romuto say this series is far from over. You know, we still have to go to Arizona. We still have to go to Arizona. Um, But I think for the younger guys, for them it felt over. For the vets, I don't think it did. And I think when you kind of look back at throughout a lot of this postseason – you can look at it in a few ways too towards the younger guys where it's learning moments for Bohm. It's learning moments for Rojas who needs you know help in the cage big time. For Bohm, he needs to be better in pressure-packed situations. Um, but talking about you know Castellanos and Turner, Castellanos went cold. I mean, he went as cold as my freezer. Like, that was ridiculous his at-bats that he put together. And I'm not, you know, Castellanos was, had a great, it sucks that this is how we're going to remember this season for Castellanos. After what happened last year and the struggles he had to go through to be an all-star this year, hit 29 homers, had like 106 RBIs, I think, batted around 300. He was great. It's a shame. It's a real shame for him. For Trey Turner as well. You know, the ups and downs, the real low point of his season, and the and the fact that he was able to come back and hit 26 homers and plate, I think he had 70-some RBIs, if I'm not mistaken, and hit, you know, get his batting average back up to around 260, 270. It sucks, man. It really sucks. The previous four games for those two, is all it took. And it's like I think Ben Davis said in postgame, on the postgame live tonight, it ends that fast. It's a it's a head spin. For the Diamondbacks, you know, um, you can sit around and say they were the grittier team. Yeah, I, I guess they ultimately were to an extent. They controlled the last two games, and that's it. Out of seven games, they controlled two. Don't give me game three because you're up 2-0. I mean, ultimately, you controlled the tempo heading into that game and throughout it because the Diamondbacks had to chase you. Game four, they were lucky to come back because Craig Kimbrell's arm is just... It sucks in a season that he got his 400 career save. It ends like that, but that dude needs to... uh, I hope Dave doesn't bring him back. Um, I hope he doesn't, but, you know, who knows what happens there because I don't know who else you really feel confident in, you know, at, at that point as a righty, but I don't feel confident in Craig Kimbrell, so I don't know why I even mentioned that. But for, you know, I think Kimbrell's point of view for what he has gone through throughout the entire season it sucks. Um, 
you know, and throughout his baseball career, and I'm not trying to be a Craig Kimbrell apologetic or anything. I'm just trying to have uh, be a human and have a heart for the guy. But I think his career is just finished. Um, kind of ironic. He got some big saves against his former team, uh, the Diamond, uh, the Braves this year. But against the Diamondbacks, I don't know. They just had his numbers, his number, um, clearly, and it makes no sense. I mean, baseball just makes no sense as a whole. Um, but yeah, so the the focusing back on this series, though, you got great starting pitching. Everyone, and and aside from Nola in Game Six, but even Nola started that game off great. He just got killed there. I think I may have spoke about it last night. Um, you know, after the first, and just kind of shocked. But everyone pitched great, and you wasted Zach Wheeler's postseason. I mean, wasted it. That was one of the most. I, I and I asked. My dad, who got to watch uh, Steve Carlton, I said, "Have you? did he ever have a postseason like this? He said, no. Zach Wheeler had a hell of a postseason, and it's a shame that this is how it ends. Bryce Harper, Kyle, I mean, you know, everyone had their moments, one through nine. Even Johan Rojas in the field. One through nine, everyone had their moments this postseason where they came through. But for the final four games just didn't happen I feel like they were just completely thrown for a loop and they, they just didn't have enough left in the tank for another surprise comeback because if you watch the and this is why people that don't watch the regular season it's kind of tough to express how this is more on the pitching the bats had to keep you in this the whole month of or like half the month of August throughout most of September if not all the bats are what got you to the postseason your bullpen pitching not being I mean at a certain point you can't do it anymore as an offense you can't muster up enough hits to bail out your pitching it's just how it works I feel like um and it's, you know, when you look at the bullpen, when you looked at the bullpen last year, you know, you said to yourself, okay, I feel confident in having Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Connor Brogdon, Andrew Bellotti, um, and then in the postseason, Ranger Suarez coming in. Like, you, you had confidence in certain guys. David Robertson, I wanted to send to the moon. But other than him and Corey Knable, other than those two, I was fine with. This time, I don't really want to see Craig Kimbrell back. Sir Anthony Dominguez, I don't know if I'd want him back either. I like Matt Strom, and I like, you know, Jeff Hoffman and um, Jose Alvarado. And Orion Kirkering, I think there's something there. He just needs, you know, a full season and I think some work with Caleb Cotham. But other than that, I mean, I don't know who, where you fill out the rest of your pen heading into the next season. We can have a separate conversation, but I just wanted to say, I was looking at post-game live. I've never seen it, but they showed Aaron Nola, 
and I guess his his locker, and it sucks. You look, and he's got nailed on there all of Jose Alvarado's necklaces he made for him, Bryce Harper bob bobbleheads, and it it really stinks to see maybe him leave um, in the offseason. Do you re-sign him? I don't know. I'm glad I'm not the guy that has to make that decision. But I hate that I'm going to have to be the guy that ultimately sits here or wherever and judge Dave Dombrowski in the Phillies front office on a huge move coming up, whether you risk letting Aaron Nola walk and he figures it out, or you try and bring in some other starting pitching that maybe you can get cheaper for a shot at them being what you had in Aaron Nola. Because I don't know if Taiwan Walker's that guy. I don't know if Ranger Suarez is that guy. I don't know if Christopher Sanchez is that guy. But this postseason gave me all the confidence that Aaron Nola can figure out it, it out. But I don't know if I'd give him as much money as he was asking, uh, plus $200 million. But I'm sure some team out there will, and, you know, you just you feel for him, and hopefully he can go and, and do something there and you wish him success. But, boy, does it suck that you just, I don't know. And it also sucks because you look at how close this city became with this team. And I've held back on this for so long. This feels like the first time, at least that I can remember, that the entire city bought into a team that wasn't the Eagles. And I mean not just like the whole team and their success, but the individuals. There's so many personalities. You know, Bryce Harper and and um, and Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola, you know, they were, you know, your big personalities years, you know, a few years back. But then, you know, everyone bought into Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwerber and Brandon Marsh and Alec Bohm and Bryson Stott and Trey Turner and Zach Wheeler's um, just kind of, you know, him, himself and his-esque Jose Alvarado. And, I mean, I just – and Garrett, Garrett Stubbs, who, you know, tonight would have been the reason why he earns his contract had they advanced. That – there is so much fun, and Johan Rojas too, and I, and everyone. I mean, you know, I I can't mention all of them. I don't have enough time. And Rob Thompson too. I mean, you bought into everything that they gave you in this city, and I and I know how much we all love our Eagles and how much we buy into the Eagles. But when you really consider the fact that you have another team that you can, you know, buy into and you can love and you can just like can't get enough of and it's like you know it's it's like a drug addiction you can't get enough of it you know the winning the clubhouse fun the you know the spraying of the beer and dancing on my own this team gave this city two years of october baseball and two of the greatest thrill rides ever i mean i know how much fun it was to watch the eagles win the super bowl but this ranks up there with that because of just how much fun you had. You don't get that same out of the Sixers. And I never really felt that out of the Flyers when they went to the postseason, when they were in the playoffs. You got that out of the Phillies. And I guess ending here, 
<clears throat> I will never be a person that will say, I don't, you know, I'd rather just sit on my couch and what, you know, no, no way. I will give anything to go out and get whatever you need to ensure that we don't have to watch 2018 to 2021 again because this has been awesome. For someone like myself that was too young to really love baseball and really buy into baseball and watch 162 games, the last two years have been so much fun. I watched those Dan Stevenson video yearbooks from the 07 to 2011 years. And I could not believe what I was watching. And I kicked myself every day. I had to, you know, every time I'd watch them and say, why in the world were you not a bigger Phillies fan? And that's why I have bought into each October postseason run. And I will never, you know, I will never take a 82-80 and 80 season missing the playoffs by a whisker or the 2020 season where you went 28-32, and I know it was a COVID-shortened year, but your magic number was down to one for however many games, and you blew it. I will never say, I just want to sit on my couch and not, walk, and not have that opportunity. No way. Aside from three losses, this was the greatest thrill ride of a postseason. And aside from um, four losses last year, and obviously that one was better, this year would have been just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And your only hope is they can get it together. Dave and Sam Fueled can get in the lab and they can put together another team that can give you a shot. I'd also like to say this as well. Man, MLB is gonna MLB uh execs are probably and especially the marketing team are probably killing the Phillies right now because they gotta sit there and try and get everyone ready for this World Series that's probably going to end in five with the Rangers. I mean, for once, I'd like to see the Rangers actually get it done in the World Series because, my God, you know, and I know it's great that the Diamondbacks, you know, they, they've put together a team, you know, you could say, quote-unquote, the right way, but I'm sorry, they don't deserve this World Series. Their fans don't care enough. They're not like our fans their their team is not like our team like you watch them you know and it's just like there's no chemistry there's there's no camaraderie and there were you know aside from one Alex Thomas two-run bomb and a missed pitch from Craig Kimbrell they should be the ones right now crying into their beers over losing a shot at going to the World Series but anyways everyone I'll be back on with the Phillies during the post uh you know post-mortem World Series, you know, heartache, um, and heading into the offseason, whatever talks and whatever move uh, moves the Phillies make. I'll be back on with that. Um, 
you know, as uh, as we gear up for the rest of the Eagles season, we'll obviously have a lot more on that. We'll have some Flyers stuff, obviously, coming in the Sixers, and, you know, be back on tomorrow talking about them on here. Uh, may have a Flyers episode coming up shortly after this one. If, uh, as right now, they're leading 2-1 to one over the Golden Knights, they can hold on to that. And we'll have some of that for you. But anyways, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, Whoa. Whoa.